Listener Production. E-scooter accidents are shooting through the roof. Or are they? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. As more states and councils around Australia roll out e-scooter schemes, more people are falling off, ramming into other vehicles and hurting themselves. Australian media reports have already linked seven deaths to e-scooters, including the recent death of a 15-year-old boy in Queensland. But some experts are calling this out, saying the number of injuries and accidents being reported doesn't give the full picture. Today, I talked to Cosmos Magazine journalist Petra Stock about what's really going on with e-scooters and why governments are insisting people ditch the car trip and jump on two wheels instead. So Petra, we've seen a bit of a jump in the number of people getting injured riding e-scooters. Where should we start here to get a better sense of what's actually happening? Probably the best picture we have at the moment when it comes to e-scooter injuries in Australia is data from Victoria. Currently, Melbourne is running this year-long trial with e-scooters, three inner-city councils. Those are Melbourne, Yarra and Port Phillip. They've rolled out around 1,500 of these rent and ride e-scooters. Essentially, people can download an app and hire one of these e-scooters for a fee and then scoot around. And it's worth pointing out, these are the only legal e-scooters currently in Victoria. Okay. If you've been in Melbourne recently, you might be surprised to know it's actually illegal to ride privately owned scooters in public areas. Oh. You have to use a scooter from this trial, so basically an orange one or a green one. And if you look at these things and the way people are riding them, you can kind of start to understand why accidents are happening. I even saw one this morning where someone was taking their kid to childcare on the front of an e-scooter. Wait, like on the front as in dinking on the handlebars? No, sort of standing in front of the parent. Oh, I still don't like that. It seems seems a little bit reckless, like going to kindy. Yeah, it didn't look safe. Anyway, for that reason, each state and territory has its own rules and regulations around e-scooters. So it's really a patchwork at the moment. In some states, they're legal everywhere. In others, they're not. Funnily enough, even South Australian Premier Peter Malinowskis didn't know it was illegal to ride your own private e-scooter in Adelaide. (laughs) But anyway, going back to this trial in Melbourne, while it's been running, different groups have been collecting data and part of that includes data on how many people have injured themselves while riding e-scooters. Wow. And so what has the data coming out of the Melbourne e-scooter trial shown us? In the year the trial has been running, which is this year, the number of e-scooter injuries in Victoria has basically doubled. Wow. Actually, when you think about it, it's not really surprising there's been a jump since the trial began. There's a new technology hitting the streets and transport experts say this doesn't necessarily mean that e-scooters are inherently more unsafe than any other mode of transport. But when I wrote an article on Victoria e-scooter injuries for Cosmos in late November, 427 people had presented to emergency departments after being involved in an e-scooter incident over the past year. 
This data came from 38 different public hospitals in Victoria, all with 24-hour emergency departments. We also have some more detailed data about what the most common forms of injuries were in these incidents. And this data all comes from a place called the Victorian Injury Surveillance Unit, or the VISU. Okay, so the VISU, Victorian Injury Surveillance Unit, sounds like an amazing TV show, Petra, but (laughs) what is the unit exactly? So this is a research unit that is based at Monash University. Basically what they do and have been doing for around 25 years is sift through data collected by public hospital emergency departments. And in this, there are things like injury deaths, data about the numbers of hospital admissions, and also people who present to the ED. And ultimately, this data feeds into all levels of government, health and injury organisations and institutes for them to try and help prevent the number of injuries that occur and basically promote safety overall. Okay, gotcha. So not a TV show, but I mean, that makes sense. So the VISU, they found head and neck injuries were the most common with e-scooters, around 23%. The most common types of injuries were fractures, which were about 35% of injuries, then dislocations or sprains, around 11%, and also around 11% were open wounds. And interestingly, most injuries occurred as a result of people falling from e-scooters, About 81% just literally falling off while riding. I mean, I I shouldn't laugh. That sounds very uncomfortable and it's not great, but um, whoops. (laughs) Only around 7% of injuries were caused by a collision with a car and even less colliding with a bicycle or a pedestrian. We saw a lot of similar trends in data which came from Queensland. And in the Queensland data, they found more accidents were occurring on weekends with Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm into the early hours of the morning being the common times. So Petra, the time of day and week when people are maybe out on the streets, potentially partying, leaving parties, you know, other things like that happening. Not all of the time, but there are links between these incidents and in some cases, the consumption of alcohol. Sure. A study out of Norway found 90% of e-scooter accidents at night involve alcohol. So this starts to paint a bit of a picture as to who and what happens in these e-scooter accidents. This is some very granular data. I mean, I'd never really thought about the fact that we might be collecting demographic data on e-scooter accidents. Why is this important information to know? Okay, I can understand that, that it might sound a bit random that we're collecting information about people falling off e-scooters or colliding with other people or vehicles. But this sort of data is actually collected on incidents involving other kinds of road vehicles and actually all kinds of injuries. The VISU also looked at data from other transport accidents over the same period, and they found there were more than 11,000 presentations to emergency related to cycling injuries, 5,500 presentations for motorbikes, and 7,600 for car accidents. That sounds like a lot less e-scooter presentations than other modes of transport, right? Yeah, that's right. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be paying attention to these numbers. For one, there are fewer people actually using e-scooters on Melbourne roads, for example, than other vehicles. 
The same goes for other states. Cars and other road vehicles are the main modes of transport. But the important thing to note is that with this trial in Melbourne and in other councils and states around Australia, is that more people are being encouraged to hop on e-scooters and more schemes and plans are being mapped and rolled out to make these vehicles more accessible and a viable transport option. So Petra, let's talk about exactly why we're seeing the push for more e-scooters. I mean, this might be an obvious question, but why is having more e-scooters on our roads a good thing? Well, the obvious answer here is it's a more environmentally friendly mode of transport. In Australia, transport contributes around 18% to our overall annual greenhouse gas emissions. And that's mainly road transport, so cars, trucks, private vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we can actually solve that by shifting people out of petrol or diesel fueled vehicles and on to public transport or active transport like walking or cycling. And of course, electric vehicles powered by renewable energy. They don't run on petrol, so they're not pumping out huge amounts of carbon into the atmosphere, unlike most cars on the road. And the other part is they can actually help people use public transport for what people term a first kilometre, last kilometre solution. Let's say the train station is too far for you to walk, so you drive. But if you can take an e-scooter to the station instead and leave it there and just hop on the train, that's a lot better for the environment for air pollution, congestion. Sure. Actually, something like 25 to 40% of the cars parked in train station car parks are from the same postcode as the train station itself. Wow. So those are the kind of trips that can be replaced by e-scooters and e-bikes. So this is sort of tricky. I mean, trying to balance the environmental need for better transport options like e-scooters with keeping people safe on the roads Petra, how can we do that? Like, how can we ensure these scooters are as safe as possible? For the article I wrote for Cosmos, I spoke to a spokesperson for a company called Neuron, an e-scooter and e-bike company that's participating in the Melbourne trial. They said they run regular safety campaigns and rider education programs so that riders know all the road rules, where they can and can't ride on the footpath, for example, but also how to ride (laughs) and park properly. Sure. Queensland has recently introduced some new rules and penalties to address safety concerns and other states, including South Australia, are proposing to revisit their arrangements. I also imagine that some changes might need to be made to our cities to kind of accommodate for these scooters, right? If I think about Sydney, in the last few years, I've seen more cycle lanes that have been built and kind of popped up e-scooters, same situation? For sure. There's lots of talk about changes to curbsides and roads. So rethinking the layout of our streets, having these separated walking lanes, then a kind of micro-mobility lane, which is moving faster and separated and protected from car drivers. It's kind of like the slow, medium, fast lanes at the pool. Mm -hmm. But the takeaway here, and it's a similar thing to what I said at the very beginning, is that any new technology brings challenges. And in this instance, the arrival of e-scooters in cities often leads to, unsurprisingly, a jump in accidents and a focus on safety. If you're keen to try an e-scooter, which I can tell you is pretty fun, just be sure to follow the safety rules for your state 
And also maybe don't put your toddler on the front when you're taking them to childcare. Petra Stock is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Petra's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. If you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Science Briefing and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.